Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Life, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened, and we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged, and we love you. God bless. Today called Illuminate, and I'm I'm assuming that um, you guys have been. I hope that you have been radically changed by the blood of Jesus, and that God's done a work in your life. Why would you want to be quiet about that? And that's what this series has really all been about. Uh, just if you hadn't been here, just real quickly, week one we talked about our faith. We said that before I can effectively share Christ with anybody else, I've got to have an encounter with Christ myself. How many know it's not important that you have an encounter with church? that you have an encounter with religion, that you have an encounter with church people, that what's important is that you you have a genuine, life-changing encounter with Jesus. Amen? Yeah, amen. Hey, that's good. Week two, we talked about our influence. We said the most significant thing we could ever do on this planet is to expose somebody to the gospel. How many know that you can give no one a greater gift than opening the door for them to find Jesus? Week three, we talked about our lives and that somebody in your world, somebody in your circle, Somebody at your job, somebody in your house, somebody in this world needs to hear your story, and you have one. Last week, we talked about our love. We said that really the main thing, you know, we we said, what's the most important part of being a Christian? And it was to do these two things, to love God and love people. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. And that brings us to today. So what I I hope you see over these next, uh, these last few weeks and today is that Sharing your faith is really for you. You know, we were kidding in the, in the prayer room. You know, the last thing Jesus said, if you read King James, is, Go ye into all the world. That doesn't sound like a suggestion to me. That sounds like a command. Go ye. Go ye. I mean, that's, that's stern words. That's like using your kid's full name when they get in trouble. Dwayne Michael, Jr., so we're going to read our series text today. If you've got your Bibles, Matthew chapter 5, it'll be on the screen behind me. It's in your bulletin. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14, 15, and 16. I love this passage. It says, you are Jesus, who was the light of the world, looks at you and me and says, you are the light of the world. How many understand that God's plan is for that the light of Christ to flow through his people, to shine through his people, to illuminate this world with the love of God? And that's what... That's what Jesus is telling us. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the room, in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds. Glorify your Father in heaven. Pray with me. Father, we love you. Thank you for these next few moments that you'll give us to learn more about who you are and the way you do things. We love you, Jesus. Uh, Help us to learn what it means to illuminate this world with the love of God and the light of Christ. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, I like to play golf. There's a couple problems with that. I'm horrible. Um, I like to play because you go with people you like and and you go outside and, and golf courses, even Bad golf courses are typically beautiful to be out in. Uh, we, we, 
I have noticed that over the last few years, my golf game has changed because I just can't play like I used to play. See, uh, a, few, a couple months ago, Brian, my, myself, Mikey, Tim Johnson played in a golf tournament. And about eight holes in, Tim said, anybody got any Advil? And I said, I've got some in my truck. I'll go get it. And secretly I'm going, Lord, thank you that somebody else asked for it and gave me an excuse to go to my truck and get the Advil. I had, I had eight. I gave him two. I took the rest. See, what happens is, you know, you, you swing the club a hundred or so times, and when you only play five or six times a year, and you're north of 40, the next day, you are praying for the swift return of Jesus. You're in pain. Your back hurts. Your shoulders hurt. Everything hurts. And, and I'm just going to tell you, it, it sort of steals your fun. It sort of robs you of your joy knowing that sooner or later, you can just set that down right there. See, we're just going to show you how awful I am at this game. Anybody rooting for Pastor Dwayne here? Somebody? Hey, you know what I've learned about golf is you quit while you're ahead. So we have this tradition, Mike and I, you know, we, we try to play whenever we can, but every year on vacation we go and, and, you know, we take a day of our vacation and leave Donna and Matt on the beach or wherever we're at and we go play golf and it's just something we always do. It's not a question. We just, we just always have. And one of the funniest golf stories of me and Mikey, we, uh, Three years ago or so, we were playing at Edisto Beach, South Carolina. Ever, anybody ever been to Edisto Beach? Glad. Because <laughs> there's nothing there. There's a golf course and a beach. Well, I, we tee off on the first hole, and as I normally do, I shank the ball off into the tall grass. And so I'm walking over in the tall grass, and I'm swinging it back and forth. And Mikey says, Dad, what are you doing? Looking for my golf ball, dude. What do you mean? He goes, there's an alligator eight feet from you. And I look over and there's this, eight, no kidding, eight or nine foot alligator sitting in the, you know, and I'm like, it's not real. There's no big alligators like that on Edisto Island. It's, it's, it's landscape art. And he's, and I'm just, you know, looking for my, dad, it's breathing. So I left. Well, this past year we're playing and I, I'm, you know, first couple of holes, I'm really doing well. And Mikey's like, man, Dad, you're doing pretty good. See, we're doing this a long time. See, when we first started, I could beat Mikey. That's how long ago it's been. Well, as it normally is, I, I'm swinging the club, and I'm starting to feel it in my shoulders. I'm starting to feel it in my back, and we're not even made to turn yet. And Mikey's like, Dad, I'm going to give you some advice. Any Parents, have you ever experienced that where your, your children are now giving you advice? That's, that's rough. And so he says, Dad, you're, you're, you're trying to kill the ball. You're just trying to, you, you know, you're swinging it with everything you got. And why don't you just try this? Why don't you just stand up there and just take a nice leisurely swing? Stand in the tee box. Instead of trying to come out of your shoes, just take a nice leisurely swing. And so I was like, okay. So I get in the tee box and take this nice leisurely swing 
right in the middle of the fairway. I was like, okay, that had to be a fluke. So I start following my son's advice. And over the course of the back nine, my shoulder wasn't hurting, my back wasn't hurting, and my score dropped literally 10 strokes from the first nine to the second nine. And Mikey says words that I'll never, ever, ever forgive him for. He said, Dad, you've got to get used to the idea that you're at the point in your life where you have to play old man golf. So, um, we haven't spoken since. See, I, I had a limitation. And working past that limitation enabled me to look forward to playing the game again because i got to tell you, every time I think about playing, I was like, I want to play, but I don't want the two days following. And it's even helped me improve the score a little bit. Pushing past that limitation has renewed my interest in the game. So I'm going to ask you a question. What's limiting you from being everything that God wants you to be? What's limiting you from becoming everything God wants you to become and from doing everything God wants you to do? What's your obstacle? What's your hurdle that's stopping you from being who God told you to be? Maybe, maybe it's your time. If, if I had more time, I would do more for God. If I had more time. Maybe it's, it's your, your talent. I don't, I don't really have enough talent to be and to do everything God would, would want me to do. Maybe it's resources. If I had more, I could do more if I had more to do more with. Maybe it's, maybe it's an addiction that stops you in your tracks from pursuing the life that God has for you. Maybe it's your past. Maybe it's resentment over something that happened some time ago. I... I imagine that all of us have faced those kinds of spiritual hurdles and obstacles and limitations. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Um, See, we've we've been talking about evangelism. And I've made the statement that it shouldn't be as intimidating as we think it is. And up to this point, maybe you've said, you know what? It's still pretty stinking intimidating. Well, I want us to see today why it really shouldn't be. I want us to see today why um, evangelism really shouldn't be as intimidating. And by the way, the principle we're going to talk about today isn't just evangelism stuff, it's life stuff. This is stuff we can apply to every area of our life. So, my comfort level will only let me go so far. My talent level will only let me go so far. My, My resources will only allow me to go so far. What then? What happens when you run out of you? Been there? Maybe you've said it like this. I've given all I can. I've done all I can do. Guess what? 
God never asked you. God never told you that you had to do this life, to live this life, to walk this journey on your own strength and your own talent and your own resources and your own abilities. And, and we, we, I think maybe God strategically puts those hurdles, those limitations in our path so it's at that point we learn to rely on Him. So here's what we're going to learn today. What happens when I reach my limit? What happens when I've gone as far as Dwayne can go? Write this down if you're taking notes. Limitations in God's hands aren't limits at all. Limitations in God's hands aren't limits at all. See, all throughout Scripture, if you read your Bible, all throughout Scripture, here's what you're going to see. You're going to see God using ordinary people with ordinary talents and ordinary resources and ordinary stuff to do extraordinary Huge stuff we're talking about 5,000 years later. Because limitations in God's hands, say it with me, aren't limits at all. Our, the best children's Bible stories are stories of God using ordinary people to do mind-blowing big things. Noah built an ark. Pretty big deal. Moses stands at a sea and parts it. Pretty big deal, don't you think? (laughs) David kills a giant. Somebody said he's, he's too big to kill. David said he's too big to miss. You know, they said that, that Goliath was so big that the head of his spear weighed 16 pounds. The heaviest legal bowling ball you can use is 16 pounds. Daniel, in the the lion's den, ordinary guy, takes a nap with the lions. Jonah spends three days in motel whale. Now, all of these men had limitations, they had obstacles, they had hurdles. It'd been so easy for Noah to say, I've never built an ark before. It'd been real easy for Moses to say, All I've got is a stick. It'd been real easy for David to say, Have you seen how big that dude is? It'd been real easy for Daniel to say, You know what? I'm going to pray quietly. And we're just going to not deal with this whole lion cave scenario. But we have stories to tell our children and to bring us encouragement today. Because there are men with ordinary talents and ordinary abilities that put their obstacles and limits and hurdles in the hands of an extraordinary God. And he did extraordinary things with them. And by the way, when all that's done, who got the credit? Think maybe that's how he planned it? So I'm going to ask you again, what's stopping you? What's your obstacle from doing everything God would have you to do? From being everything God would have you to be? From having everything God would have you have? What's your obstacle? Let me tell you why this is important. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. It's not going to be on the screen. 
You'll never experience the life God has planned for you as long as you stop at every obstacle. You'll never experience the life God has planned for you as long as you stop at every hurdle. As long as you stop at every limitation, you'll never experience what God has planned for you. Do you think maybe he does that intentionally? Limitation in God's hands aren't limits at all. We're going to look at a story in the Bible that many of you have heard many, many times. But I, I, just, I just wanted to encourage us this morning to put our limits in the hands of a limitless God. It's John chapter 6. Um, just to give you a little context, there's this huge crowd. And they've been listening to Jesus teach all day. And they were hungry. And, and, and Jesus, being the great teacher that he was, was going to use this as a teachable moment for his disciples. He knew all along what was going to happen. But he said, guys, and this is a paraphrase, but he said, guys, what do, you, what do you think we should do with all these hungry people? What do you think we should do with 5,000 men plus women and children who are hungry? What, what do you think we should do? And one of the disciples said, look, if we had half a year's wages, we could buy enough food for everybody in the crowd to have one bite. Pretty big limit, wouldn't you say? Pretty big obstacle. If they're trying to feed these people and they don't have the resources to do it. So here's where we're going to pick up reading. In John chapter 6, verse 8, Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. And after everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. And when the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we've been expecting. Well, Dwayne, that's that's an awesome story. But you don't know where I am. You don't know the hurdle in my life that I, I'm facing, and you expect me to share my story with other people when, when I'm, I'm face-to-face with this huge obstacle? Yes. Yes, actually. Because it just might be your, your obstacle. It just might be your hurdle. It just might be your limitation that God uses as a part of your story to illuminate the world around you. But here, we've got to do a few things, and that's what I want you to... I, I'm, not, I'm not even sure if I gave you the right number of bullets to, to fill in, so just work with me. First thing you've got to do is you've got to be willing to offer God your limitation. You've got to be willing to offer God your limitation. Now, now this, think about this with me logically just a minute, okay? There's 5,000 people. You with me? 5,000 men. One translation says 5,000 men plus women and children, right? So could there be 7,500 people there maybe? Maybe. I don't know. There's a bunch of people there. 
Are we supposed to believe that the only one packing food that day was this one little boy? Is that what we're supposed to believe, that he's the only one with another for, enough foresight, enough thought to... Nobody's got a ham sandwich. nobody got a pack of crackers. nobody got a Hot Pocket. nobody got nothing but this one little boy. Or is it there was one willing to offer what he had? I think that's the most likely scenario. That everybody else was like, you know what? I got enough for me and mine. But this one little boy said, here, mama packed me this lunch. It's not much, but Jesus, you can have it. What does that look like? That means I might not have a lot of time. I might not have a lot of talent. I might not have a lot of resources. But Jesus, what I got is yours. You know what it might look like? How many of y'all got one of Joy Shaw's rearview mirror crosses in your car? A bunch of you. If you don't, I, I know by good authority where you can get one. You know, you know what that might look like? All I got is scrap wood from my mama's wheelchair ramp. But what I got is yours. That's what it might look like. You know what it might look like? God, all I got is me and my family. But if you tell me to go to Phoenix, Arizona, we'll go. I don't know I don't know what it is that God's wanting from you. We never hear this little boy. So do those people go hungry without I don't know. I can tell you the story's not the same if the little boy doesn't offer Jesus what he had. And maybe that's where you're at. Maybe, maybe God's calling you to offer Jesus, even in the midst of your hurdle, the midst of your limitation, in the midst of your obstacle, because limitations in the hands of God aren't, aren't limits at all. God, I know that this is out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to offer you my comfort zone. And if you'll do something with it, if you'll do something extraordinary, I'll, I'll give you what I got. I'll, God, I, my past, the hurts and pains of my past are, are, have hindered, but here they are. And if you'll do something with them, so whatever's stopping you, can I tell you, you can only go so, so far with it in your hands. That, that anger you've carried, and I can tell you this personally, there's only so far you can go with that. But can I tell you, when, when you release that to God and give it to Him, He can take it and do something extraordinary with it. Whatever's stopping you, if you'll just offer it to Christ. Dwayne, can it be that simple? All it took was one little boy willing to say, here, here it is. And the whole place got fed. Hey, if you're taking notes, write this down. Once you place an obstacle in God's hands... Leave it there. Man, I, 
Is that a hard lesson to learn? Is it leave it there? We used to sing that chorus every Sunday. Take your burdens to the Lord, leave it there. If you'll trust and never doubt, he'll surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord, leave it there. You know why we had to sing that every Sunday? Because we're so, it's so easy for us to lay stuff at the altar and then turn around and pick it right back up when we leave. Maybe your limitation is an addiction. Maybe it's your past. Stop, stop, stop playing table tennis with Jesus with your stuff. Just let it go. Now, I know it's, now, now listen, some of you that have fought addiction, I get it. I, it, it. It's easy for a pastor to stand up and go, just let it go. But can I tell you, I want you to hear me. God will never ask you to walk down a path alone. That if you'll, if you'll place that addiction in the hands of God, he'll put people around you. There's places you can go. There's things that you can do that'll, that'll support you, and that'll help you follow God's path. Can I promise you that God will never leave you in the midst of your obstacles? I believe that. Here's something that's kind of tough. You notice what Jesus did the first before he before he broke the bread in half, before he cut up the fish, before he did any of that. You know what he did? The first thing he did, thanked God for this. Here, have you thanked God for your for your resource? Have you thanked God for your limitation? Have you thanked Him for your struggle? God, I don't have enough resources to do what you want me to do. Well, have you thanked God for what you do have? God, I, I, need, a, I need a better house. I need a better car. Have you thanked God for what you do have? I need, I, I'm, I'm, we're in such a, 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 a culture that thrives on being a consumer that we've forgotten to be thankful for what God's blessed us with. Can I tell you? That that's part of the reason we're having a hard time drawing people to Christ is because all we know how to do is whine about what we don't have instead of thanking God for what we do. Why would anybody want to sign up for that? Scripture says it like this. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. Be thankful in all circumstances. Really? Really, when I find myself facing this obstacle, facing this hurdle, I'm supposed to be thankful there? When I find myself lacking resources to do what I need to do, I'm supposed to be thankful there? When, when the bills aren't paid, I'm supposed to be thankful in, that, in all circumstances? For this is God's will, the Bible says, for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And then write this down. When you place it in his hand and you leave it in his hand and you're thankful for what God has blessed you with, expect him to bless it. The Bible says that they gathered up 12 baskets full of stuff left over. How many understand that that the God we serve, man, he... We always have this one picture of how he does things. I'm sure that those disciples thought, man, I sure hope this keeps going so we got enough to feed everybody. And then when they did, God, God took it to another, another level. 
And God blessed it more than they ever could even imagine. Write this down. When God turns your obstacle into an opportunity, don't waste it. See, I asked some of you, I asked all of you to think of five people in your world that you needed to invest in and invite. And here's what I know will happen. If you'll be serious and ask God for that kind of a burden and ask God to open a door, there'll come a place where he'll open a door. And you have a choice at that point. You can seize an opportunity. When God has taken an obstacle and turned it into an opportunity, you can seize it or you can watch it pass. And my plea to you is that you seize an opportunity for God to do something big. And lastly, when all that's done, make sure God gets the credit. Verse 14, when all the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he's the prophet we've been expecting. So, there'll come a point in your walk with Christ, if, if not today, if not last week, then there'll come a point when you're going you're gonna to face an obstacle. You're going to face a hurdle. You're going to face a limitation. It may be something with your family. I don't know. It's different for different people. And, and, and you have a choice. You can stop. Or you can push past your obstacle. You can push past your hurdle. Here, here's what I want you to do, just to kind of wrap this series up today. If we really believe that limitations in God's hands aren't limits at all, I want us to pray a dangerous prayer. Now, I told Darlene when you guys were coming in to try to make sure everybody got a bulletin. And I know how I get it. Some of you are like, I'll look on with my wife. I, 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 that's cool. But what I really want you to have is I want everybody to have one of these invite cards. Everybody that can, there should be some laying around if you're not there. So I want everybody that can to get a hold Put one of these in your hand. And, and because I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to trust me. This, this deal on September 20th, I, I, I want you to know my heart. This is really not just about trying to fill this room up. I sincerely believe with everything in me that there are people in your world that desperately need to hear the gospel. And so what we've done now is just try to put some tools in your hands, put some tools online for you to, for you to invite people. And, and I, because, because I've sat in that chair listening to somebody t- talk like I've been talking to you these last five weeks, I, I know the obstacles that pop up in your mind, well, they'd never come. I hadn't talked to them in a long time. It'd be awkward. I don't know how to initiate the conversation. There's bad blood between us. There's some history. I, I know it. I, I've, I've, I've made all those, let's just call them what they are, as to why I can't 
the instrumental. Now, here's, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to this card just represents something. That's just what I want you to carry it with you today. And don't get me wrong. Uh, th- this is not really just about getting people here on September 20th. This is about becoming kinds of believers that live a lifestyle where we invest in the other people and invite them to, to plug into what God has for their life. This is not just because we have an, a, you know, a day. But there is a day coming. The Bible calls it that day. I'm just saying we need to live this day as like it could be that day. Um, I, I want you to just, as, as you just put your eyes on this card, on the front of it, there's, there's all kinds of people. They're all smiling because, you know, they don't sell these cards if everybody looks, you know, grumpy. But I just want you to glance across those faces and, and ask God to, to pop a face into your, into your heart. Somebody in your world that needs to hear the gospel. Somebody in your world that might need encouragement on a day like that. Somebody in your world that's not plugged into a local church that, that's fighting a battle. And all I'm asking you to do is to whatever, whatever obstacle you'd have to cross to invite them, whatever hurdle you'd have to jump to get them here on that day, I'm just, I'm just asking you to take those limitations and put them in the hand of a limitless God. Now, what, what happens is not up to you. Well, Dwayne, what if they reject me? Not your, not your issue. All you can do is be obedient, right? But remember when I said what we do is we expect, when, when we do all we can do, put it in the hands of God, we expect God to bless it. And you push past the obstacles. So what happens then? I, I'm just going to ask you when we pray. Maybe, Donna, if you come and just play something soft. Just who's, who's the one? I, you know, I, I started this, I started this uh, series telling you to, to, to think of five people. Who's, who's the one? And, and here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Is I'm going to ask you to get their name in your heart, and we're going to pray for them. And the dangerous prayer is this. God, I want you to open a door for me to share and to invest into this person's life. To invite them. Maybe even as God starts to drop a a name in your heart, the first thing you're going to do is go, no, it can't be them. Don't be so sure. Father, in Jesus' name. God, I, I thank you that
transformed us. You changed us. You rescued us. The power of your cross has redeemed us. And God, I, I believe that in our homes, in our community, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, there are people who need the encouragement of Christ, who need the hope of the cross, who need to know that God has a plan for them, to prosper them, not to harm them, to give them hope in a future. There are people in our lives who the enemy has told has no future. God, they need to hear that you do indeed have a plan for them. So God, I pray that God, you'd put people on our heart. That these faces on this card would represent someone specific to each of us. That we could invest. We could invite. might be a loved one, might be a family member, might be a co-worker. And God, we ask you to open a door. And if you open a door for us to, to share and to invest into that person's life, we won't waste it. Jesus' name. Amen. I want to leave you with this passage of Scripture. I read this passage all the time. But I think it, I don't think there's ever been a time when it, it meant more than it means right now. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now to him who is, in, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, or imagine immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work where within us his power at work in you and I his power your obedience his power your willingness his power your faith his unlimited power working full through your limitations because limitations in God's hands aren't limits at all. Father, thank you for today. God, I pray if there's one in this building that doesn't know you as Savior and Lord, they'd surrender their hearts completely and totally to you today. And God, I pray as we leave this building, you would remind us that we leave not just on our way to the restaurant because it's Sunday afternoon, but we leave this building on mission for Christ. That we start our week understanding that we are entering a mission field and sharing our faith is not an option it's a commandment and as we leave this place remind us just how far you've brought us from and remind us how desperately someone in our circle someone in our sphere of influence needs to understand the power of the cross and the power of the gospel and God forgive us for shutting our mouth 
when it should have been opened. Forgive us for saying no to an open door. Forgive us for those times when you've strategically placed someone in our path to share our faith and to love with the love of Christ and we were simply too busy. For that we repent. And now we offer our limitations, our struggles, our hurdles, our obstacles to you. And if you'll take them and do something extraordinarily powerful with them, we'll make sure you get the credit when good things happen. And we know they will in Jesus' name. Give the Lord praise for his goodness, his grace, and his mercy. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.